TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to 100 Not Out, featuring your hosts, Dr. Damien Christoph and Marcus Pierce. Hello and welcome to 100 Not Out, a weekly show dedicated to helping you master the art of aging well. Marcus Pierce here with you for episode 394, Can You Believe It? And as always, it gives me great joy and pleasure to go down to Melbourne to my brother from another mother. He is my, he's not my lockdown lover, but he is my, <laughs> uh, what is it? I'm a little bit caught on the fly there, but he is my, <laughs> he is my oh, great mate, lockdown, smiling and laughing as he still somehow does in lockdown, uh, Damien Christoph. How in God's name are you down there? I'm good, mate. I'm good. I look forward to these catch ups. I was a bit, I was, um, I was sad because I didn't do 100 Not Out yesterday, being Wednesday. Um, but I'm grateful that we brought it forward from tomorrow to today. So I, uh, that's a good thing. Um, I'm really happy to be back in practice. That's a really great thing. I'm loving that. Um, obviously, we're seeing people with symptoms at the moment, not our. Um, or people that just want to look after themselves. We're not seeing them. Um, we're only seeing people who um, are presenting with the symptoms. So that's a little bit challenging. But at the same time, you know, I'm grateful that I get a chance to see those people because in in, in a way, like when you're taking people out of pain, you're uh, helping their health and well-being. So it's far greater than just the pain they might have in their shoulder or it's far greater than the pain they might have from the headache, you know. So anyway, I'm, I'm good. I'm getting out. I'm moving. I'm exercising, um, doing all that sort of stuff, which is great. Um, got Amber in the next room. That's great, and uh, I just can't wait to get out on the golf course. That's going to be good. I'm not sure when Daniel Andrews is going to let us do that. Um, that's a bone of contention. Uh, but, when, uh, when you hit the zero yeah, line. Now I'll you mentioned right. practice. How I think. Are you? How are you up there in um in that country called Queensland that's separate to Australia these days? <laughs> I don't live in Queensland. Everyone thinks I live oh, in Queensland. Oh, you're up there. You're in New South Wales. That's right. You? I keep thinking you're in. Everyone thinks I'm in Queensland, but that's okay. Now, before I tell you how I am, I think it's only fair that we dedicate episode 394 of 100 Not Out to a great mentor of yours and someone that I had a little bit yeah. to do with, but nowhere near as much, and that is John Hinwood. Great... Would you like to share with the listeners? who John Hinwood was and uh, and why he's worthy of a dedication for this episode. Yeah, look, uh, John John Hinwood um, was an incredible man who did so much for chiropractic, probably more for chiropractic in Australia than oh, – I can't actually think of anyone else who would have done more for chiropractic um, than John Hinwood. Um, he started the Dynamic Growth Congresses, um, you know, back in the day when they when they were all getting off the ground. Um, he invented the business cards that said "Expect a Miracle," and anybody who ever met John got one of those. Um, he had a way of actually impacting everybody within chiropractic um, in Australia knew who John Hinwood was, um, and he and his wife Judy um, started a program around helping people go from you know, a really stressed out lifestyle and burned out to, you know, resilience and being stress-free. Um, and John and Judy, you know, essentially they they were pioneers. Unfortunately, uh, John did some work uh, with some asbestos, a number of, you know, back in the 60s or 70s, um, got exposed to asbestos, developed mesothelioma, fought it, you know, valiantly and gallantly, and he did a great job. And um, 
and avoided, you know, the standard therapies. He used some um, some other medications, you know, natural medicines um, that were really, you know, quite amazing. Uh, and and he was able to uh, live quite well and and relatively symptom free from his disease uh, for a long time. Um, and then unfortunately he lost his battle um, only about a week ago. So. John, an incredible man. Uh, we love him to bits. Um, he, he told everyone to expect a miracle, and um, everybody who did expect a miracle uh, was blessed by uh, you know John's presence in their life, which was just outstanding. I've got this great story about John, actually. I'd love to share it. Um, I was at a Dynamic Growth Congress um, up in Queensland uh, one year, and I'm in the urinal having a little wee, and, um, and I hear the door kick open, and John... John walks in and he stands next to me. He stands next to me. He goes, "Oh, hello, sweetheart!" And he leans over and gives me a kiss on the cheek. No, actually on the lips. Uh, while I'm having a wee, and then he proceeds to have his wee. And I go, "John, you just kissed me on the lips." He goes, "Of course, sweetheart. Where else would I kiss you, right?" And I was like, "Oh, I'm so rattled, you know." Anyway, so I didn't know whether or not to keep peeing forward or pee on his shoes or what. But it was one of the greatest uh, memories. <laughs> so, what so, a state changer! This <laughs> Uh, he did. He just used to shake things up. He used to do things that triggered people, and mm. uh, it was just an incredible thing. It was. It was great. Well, that is a great segue into our um, episode today. And again, love and condolences to Judy and the Hidwood family. Um, you mentioned shaking the cage. Now, Darby, my son's birthday today. He's eight today, Darby, um, and he's very excited Happy about birthday, his Darby. birthday. Happy birthday, Darby! Happy birthday. Now, Darby went to bed quite well last night. And, uh, Does he still believe in magic? He still absolutely. Uh, he believes in magic so much that it kept him awake. It, it rattled my cage. He he woke up at 11 o'clock hoping it was already his birthday and didn't fall asleep again till 3 o'clock in the morning. And I was lying in his bed uh, attempting to help him go to sleep. But at one point I said, Darby, I've just got to go back to my bed. This is ridiculous. And he started crying because it was just all of it. The excitement, the magic got to him. And uh, you speak about... Shaking the cage. Well, John Hinwood may have shaken your cage in a toilet one day. Uh, Darby shook my cage in the middle of the night. When it was meant to be a happy event, it became incredibly frustrating. But thankfully, he's showing no signs of of uh, poor sleep at the moment, um, although Sarah is with him at the moment, so I wouldn't know. But we were talking off air before we uh, hit record today about episodes that have rattled us because you have very, very lovingly written the foreword to my upcoming book and it spoke about in the in your in your passage about when the cage was rattled and so we thought we would talk about some of the people that we've interviewed that have rattled us in that they've said something that we for want of a better term disagree with that hasn't been the way we've seen the world and it has shaken our beliefs and insights and views and um and then we'd like to to you know invite you the listeners to think about times when your cage has been rattled and what it means. So would you like to share, you know, a, a couple of examples of 100 episodes, Damon, that spring to mind that have really shaken the foundations of your beliefs? Yeah, love to, Piercy. Let's just give it a bit of context because when we started doing 100 Not Out, I was hard case. Like I was nutrition, that's the way, that's the future, don't worry about exercise, it's going to grind your bones down. You know, you just got to eat well. You avoid all chronic disease. Take heaps of, you know, nutrients, supplements, yep. and you'll be fine. That's that's kind of where my model was. I was it was very, what I thought was a vitalistic, um, health oriented 
naturopathic approach to uh, lifestyle and living um, would translate to longevity. And um, and and every interview we did from day one really challenged the way in which I thought about that. Um, so much so that you know some of them were uh, burned into my amygdala because it created such an, <laughs> an emotional response. An emotional response. So I remember, you know, when we were interviewing, you know, centenarians, um, you know, in particular Dexter Kruger, uh, and uh, and he was telling me about he was telling us about his diet. Um, and having coffee before he goes to bed at midnight, you know, and just stuff like that and having sausages for lunch or a casserole or a cake. Um, yeah, cake for, for morning tea. tea. And ca- yes, that's right. Yeah, morning <laughs> tea because the, you know, the ladies at the local rotary would bring him a cake and he'd eat the whole lot and, and you know, just stuff like that. That was I was like, oh, yeah, that's fun. That's, you know, good on him. He's lucky. He was one of the lucky ones that got away with a bad diet and he's lived a long life, you know. And it's just bit, by, bit by bit, the more I – like kind of fell into this kind of thing i was like going oh my gosh like these people are living well and they're happy and they're they're not stressing out about their food they're not counting how many fish oil capsules they're having per kilogram of body weight they're uh you know they're not having 150 milligrams of ubiquinol um because they're you know they've got elevated cholesterol um you know they're, they're not doing this stuff and i was i was thinking this is weird anyway then we um we interviewed a guy by the name of Wally Bortz, um, and we were. Um, I was recording from my car, so I had a I had a lunch date at a local cafe in Cheltenham. Um, I was parked on the side of the road. Wally Bortz is banging on about exercise and and that calories from food didn't really matter. It's calories, a calories, a calories, a calorie. Um, he said that uh, it didn't matter what you eat. Um, it's all about movement, and I was like, WTF, Wally. As if you freaking know, you GP, MD, piece of bloody poo. Like as if you even know what you're talking about, even if you're 80-something, still running marathons, right? This is how ridiculously um, narrow-minded I'd become. And so that really triggered me, burned into my amygdala an emotional response that I, uh, I was challenged by. But it really now, upon reflection, changed the way that I then started to look at food because I was like, actually, you know what? He could be right. It Mm. may be that if you eat great food and you have a healthy diet that you decrease the risk of chronic disease. Now, that could be heart disease, diabetes, certain types of cancer, gastrointestinal dysfunction, diseases, kidney dysfunction, um, liver, fatty liver disease. It could be um, osteopenia, osteoporosis, and all the other nutrient insufficiencies and all that sort of stuff. Like this, These could be the reasons why you eat a healthy diet because you decrease the risk of those diseases. But that doesn't necessarily confer a long, healthy life. And then you started to talk about you know, people that had been vegan or pritikin or um, I don't know, what, even, even um, when we look at keto uh, or we look at you know, some of these extreme eating programs, like the Atkins diet, for example, um, these people who invented the diet, they died young. Mm. And I was like, this is too much. Like, were they unlucky? Uh, and really what it came down to was that it was movement. Um, and in reading a story about Wally um, at the moment, he's saying that he wasn't in moderation and he refers back to the Greeks. And ultimately, what I talk about these days, PC, is that when we went to Ikaria, 
Um, after my first trip to Ikaria, I realized that I had to rip up my manuscript because it was all wrong. And I've really struggled and grappled with that since 2016 to try and work out what am I going to write that's going to be of use to people um, based on what I now know um, as opposed to what I thought then. It's fascinating, isn't it? Mm. It's amazing how, mm. yeah, I feel like um, this podcast, we've become more in search of timeless wisdom rather than uh, wisdom for the next one to two or three years. And so interviewing people that are, you know, literally uh, two generations older than us and in some time, in some cases, older than that, it's like, yeah. um, what is timeless? What have they learned over, you know, 10 decades? Um, that has held them in good stead, you know, exactly. because Here's we do me, get a young whippersnapper at 40 something years old, um, challenging a bloke who's 80 years old would have seen that tens of thousands of patients run hundreds of thousands of kilometers probably cause he's a marathon runner. And, um, and, and I, here I am with, you know, only less than, or probably less than 20 years experience at the time when we interviewed him. Um, now 21 years of experience thinking I know everything. I don't know. Like I've realized that I don't know everything um, mm. and I'm learning a lot from people who that, are raised along. That has been a really good point actually that I feel like the longer this podcast has gone on, the more um, removed we've become from what we learn and what other people share. Like we're not attached to the information anymore. I feel like what you were saying is I had parallel experiences but as a vegan. So I came into 100 Not Out as a vegan. So I was triggered by anyone that really ate meat and did it well and then I had to go okay well because I was reading books like the China study you know we often read books for confirmation bias so the China study mm-hmm. would pretty much say that you know excess protein was a, 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 a leading cause of cancer um, and you know so then we'd interview people that ate meat and obviously you ate meat you eat meat not I now eat meat but it was like I came in with the bias that vegan is right for longevity so we interviewed mimi kirk who i still think yeah. to this day is like peter's you know sexiest vegetarian alive but she would say that she went from a vegetarian to a vegan and then i think a raw vegan but she she explained it in in her ways non-attached like she came from a family of smokers and heavy medicators and you know she had what mm-hmm. medicine would call all the bad genes based on family history but she put herself in a completely different environment to what they did. And so I think that was a way to go, okay, hold on a minute. It's not just what you eat, but it's also, you know, the the driver as to as to why you eat. And then we interviewed David Wolf. And I, you know, I, I respect yeah. David Wolf, but some of the things he was saying during our interview with him, I was like, oh, this is not probably going down the path that I I thought. So that was kind of triggering my own um, you know He triggered me. Belief systems. Yeah. And then there's people that we still yeah. haven't interviewed that I would have, you know, deep questions for like John Robbins who wrote Healthy at 100, the son of the Baskin-Robbins, you know, ice cream empire and Dan Butner, who is the mm-hmm. founder of the Blue Zones who in many ways if he hadn't created and done his research with National Geographic, places like Ikaria and Sardinia may not be known for their longevity. That could um, still be a secret, yeah. Well, the research, yeah, may not have been done, you know, it would have required all the funding and all the rest of it. But but I think what I've recognized even with, you know, they, both those two individuals have, um, their own philosophies have shifted and um, changed over time. And I feel like that's that's good in a way because it shows that they're not stagnant or attached to 
mm. one way for mm. the rest of their time. Whereas I feel like with those diet experts that died young or died prematurely, they were firmly attached that their way was the right way. And and even to the day they died, that was their message that their way was the right way. Where, you know, I don't want to go on a hyper romantic kind of note, but you know, anyone that knows some of Leo Tolstoy's work, the book, I think it's Anna, it might be Anna Karenina. Anyway, one of the last words of a man that is dying is like, what if everything I thought was wrong? And I think that's a really confronting but sometimes wise way to live because it then allows you to be not so emotionally attached. When we get triggered by an episode or a guest on a podcast, we go, well, hold on a minute. What if I'm actually the one that's yet to learn a way of life or a piece of information rather than them being, as you've said, you know, wrong. And I think that's what I've enjoyed and I think a lot of our listeners have enjoyed in the podcast is that that process. Mm, mm, yeah, absolutely. And I, I think it's it shows a maturity as well. It shows a bit of maturity. And Helen actually says, um, Helen Pocock said, he guess it all means you should never stop questioning things. And I think that's really true too. You know, don't, don't take it for granted that because one person says something that that is true and correct. Mm. Um, in fact, one of the things that um, I wrote in the foreword uh, for MP was that all the things that I thought were correct um, weren't necessarily correct, but they weren't, or they weren't necessarily wrong, but they weren't necessarily right either. Um and so all the stuff that I'd learned. So it was like it's all builds upon your knowledge bank and your knowledge base. And, you know, as you learn more, you refine it um, and it becomes more appropriate for you um, and for your life. You know, so this morning I was interviewed on a radio station um, and they said to me, uh, what do you what do you definitely not ever buy in the supermarket and what do you always buy in the supermarket? And so that was a really um, interesting question because I was like, okay, well, what don't I buy? And I, I think the reality is, is I probably would avoid most processed foods except for chocolate um, and a bit of ice cream. <laughs> uh, but that's because of Tommy Hafey. I ice cream because of Tommy Hafey. That's the only reason. Yeah. Um, and he did a bloody good job. And um, but uh, so I, I and I avoid. I definitely avoid artificial sweeteners and the stuff that's pretending to be natural, but it's not. It's artificial. Um, and, you know, that's made with stevia and erythritol, all that sort of stuff. So I, I definitely avoid that sort of thing. But I'm always buying fresh stuff. I'm buying nuts and seeds. And it's really the time-tested um, stuff. But had you asked me that mm. um, a decade ago when I was doing television um, in New Zealand, well, more than a decade ago um, <laughs> doing television. So when was that? Far out, 2007 I finished that. Oh, goodness gracious, 13 years ago. It's getting old. Um, had you asked me that back then, if you had looked at my trolley, like I would spend $150 a week back then um, of – it was just all green and all groceries and all that sort of stuff. And um, and these days, I'm not as strict as that. I still eat very, very healthy and I still eat, you know, unbelievably great food. Mm. Um, but – I'm probably a little bit more liberal and a bit have a bit more um, relaxation around it because I'm more aware that our happiness and our movement um, has such a significant impact and influence on our longevity, which is my goal. Mm. Um, more more than um, spending hundreds of dollars on fresh fruit and vegetables every single week. You know, I've just had a mini epiphany uh, whilst listening to you speak. Is that the liberal? You speak about becoming more liberal. I feel like. Since we've started this podcast 394 episodes ago, I've obviously I've, I've, I've stopped being vegan. I've, I've eaten, I've, I've, I now eat more foods. My diet is 
has more breadth. I I also was off the grog. I now love a glass of wine. And some of the most yes. favorite conversations of my life or people that I have met and bonded with over goat or over red wine or over cheese or, 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 or what I'm saying is yeah. something that I was very tunnel visioned in my diet, which meant, and you may, and I'm thinking you're saying the same thing, which means that you actually have a tunneled experience of life because you don't socialize with certain people. You don't, you, you, you say no to certain experiences and that can then take you away from other opportunities and friendships and other wonderful things. And I, I feel like, gosh, if I stayed vegan, maybe we'd never have gone to, Ikaria, you know, because I would have gone, no, they eat goat, that doesn't fit, that they eat cheese, that doesn't fit with the vegan world, so I won't go. Do you know what I mean? And I feel yeah. like that is yeah. a question that we can all ask ourselves is are our, are our beliefs tunneling us and restricting us into a certain way of life um, to our detriment? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I would, uh, I, I would agree with that and I think that Given my allergy to vegans, um, it would have been really difficult to have travelled with you. I'd been sneezing the whole way there, <laughs> like I would have been itchy and sneezing. So when, when we first um, met, were you you were so nice to me? Like for the first one or two years of our friendship, like we really yeah. bonded. I mean, how were you so? Um, were you were you like the uh, were you like the you know the raging Christian that's like, oh, they'll come around at some point. No, they'll come around. No, it's just a matter of time, and they'll come around. Like. Were you looking at me, wasting away, becoming more waif-like by the day, going, he'll get it, he'll get there, he'll, the penny will drop? With your, with your paper-thin pecs. <laughs> no, I, um, <laughs> no, I, I, that's, see, a lot of people th- used to think that I was judgmental um, because yeah, I did a weight loss TV show, you know, like people used to think that I, um, I would judge them because they were overweight or judge them because they ate a particular way. That's not who I am. That's not who I am. Um, so my um, my approach or my language at the time might have suggested that I was judging, but I definitely wasn't because I could all I – probably like you, Piercy, but you've put it into a book form. Um, I could see that people could make their life even better. Mm. Um, and I, all I wanted to do was just make sure that you know people were ready to do that, kind of like a readiness for change kind of – you know questionnaire uh where are they in that uh you know readiness for change you know model when do i get a chance to actually give them my information you know and so it was kind of that so i'd get triggered by people who are overweight who continue to be overweight and complained that would trigger me or if people were um underweight and couldn't build muscle um, and would complain, um, but continue to do what they'd always been doing. And I knew that there was another way to do it and would potentially get great results. So I get triggered by people who complain, but choose to do the same thing that they've always done. Mm. Um, but they continue to complain that triggers me. Um, and so in that I'm always looking for ways to, um, to help those people, uh, see that there's a better way to do it. So, I'm, you know, I'm excited because your book's going to come out and that's going to be the panacea. That's going to be the answer <laughs> for everybody's problems. Um, so I can't wait for that. Oh, I don't know about that. But, hey, how do we always seem to just, one, the time flies when we talk and, two, I don't think we've stuck to 20 minutes for the last six years. Maybe we were tight with it in the first 12 months. But um, – to wrap up, I think it's it's imperative that we ask all of our listeners, like, go and listen to episodes that you think might trigger you and see 
see if it does and, and see how you respond. Because I think, you know, as as yeah. interviewers, uh, I think now uh, when the episodes are over, Damo and I will often have a chat, particularly if it, if it got us. And um, I think it's really good to have that relationship to be able to go, okay, like, is it just me? Because uh, I think that's a really – almost that it's a, that's a purpose of the podcast. Um, yeah. But, Damo, we have to give a couple of shout-outs. Uh, I think you mentioned – I can't remember if you mentioned it on air or off air, but happy belated birthday to Pete Lennon, a wonderful listener of ours. Um, and big shout-out to Scott down at the local cafe uh, here in South Golden Beach, Mrs. Birdie. He listens to the podcast. He empathizes with your masoco masophobia. Uh, he he thought that I was you, very right. it's meso mesomasticophonia. Mesomasticophonia, that's all it is. Yep, the mesomastico. Um that he, he thought I was far too cheeky in eating chocolate or chewing in front of you on that episode, which I agree with, but I don't regret because <laughs> it's fun to taunt sometimes. And <laughs> it's the oldest child in me. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. um is there anyone that isn't listening that you think we should give a shout-out to or say derogatory remarks about because they're not listening? Yeah, where are you, um, Wendy? Wendy's, Wendy Adams is here, but Wendy, Wendy Stewart's not here. Um, <laughs> you pick on her so much. <laughs> where is she? <laughs> Debbie's not here. Well, you know, I reckon there's a lot of people that aren't here today because you changed the day. It's my fault. Um, I take full responsibility. Three times. But uh, that's the reason why. So I can't pick on anybody. But, yep. um, it's all your mates. It's, all, it's all, all, yeah, all your mates. Ravi Rudden is not here. Uh, my sister's yeah, not here. Not here. Um, no. Yeah, there's a few Facebookers, but that's okay. For all of our loyal listeners on, Lamb, in, in podcast land who are all over the world, I think we're up to over mm. a million downloads, Damo. I'll have to check it out for 100 Not Out, but we're, we're getting on in, in age. We are um, Gee, eight not out, I think, in eight times 50. No, is it seven times 50? What, seven times 52? Three, no, it must be eight. Yeah, eight. eight. We're getting yeah, we're up to eight. eight. February yeah. 2021, uh, for memory, is uh, our eighth birthday. Um, that's going to be big. Wow. Darby's eight today. So that's actually really – that's interesting. Darby's just wow. a little bit older than 100 not out. There you go. Wow. Yeah, fascinating. Wow. So and there are there are hundreds of people that I still want to interview on this podcast. Hundreds. Yeah. Um mm. so anyway, thanks again, Dama, for your wisdom. Thanks for sharing. Uh thanks for writing the forward to the book, by the way. That is just You're too PC. Yeah, love it. Uh for all of our lovely um listeners, thank you for your support and viewers on Facebook. Thanks for making this message go viral. Go over to DamienChristoph.com to receive more of the great man's wisdom. Myself over at MarcusPierce.com.au. Big shout out to everyone that makes this podcast possible. Behind the scenes, Joseph Tome, our editor. Cielo does a lot of the social media and everyone else involved at the Wellness Couch. Thank you. And we would love your feedback. Um, the best way for you to do it is to leave a five-star rating and a review. You can pop your comments in there. Um, and if you could be kind enough to share this podcast with a friend, family member, open their world up to the to podcast land. It's a great land to be in. Uh, just show them 100 Not Out in your favorite podcast app, yeah. whether that's in a Apple or Spotify is all the rage these days. Spotify, I've come to us, yep. Damo, with a $5 million contract to be exclusive to Spotify. I politely declined, knowing that you wouldn't want to be um, contained to one provider only, but just letting you know that yeah, that, is, that is yep. on the table. Keeping it free um, and out there. Keeping it free yeah. and out there. To uh, everyone that is a part of the community, we love you. And until next week, as always, continue to make the rest of your life the best of your life. 
Bye for now. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.